Welcome to Timothy Eden Memorial Church, a place for life. Connect, participate, celebrate. So there's an amusing story that, uh, that I read a number of years ago that uh, I, I really loved, and it was a story of a university student who needed one more course to round out his, uh, his schedule for the semester. And some of you may remember being in that situation where you're, you're going through the courses that are available in the catalog. You need one more, and it's got to fit in with all the other courses. So the only course that this young man found that would fit into his schedule was wildlife zoology. Okay? And so... He had some reservations about taking the course because he'd heard it was quite a tough course and he'd heard that the professor was a bit different. But since he really had no other choice, this was the only one that would, would fit, he signed up, sure enough, for wildlife zoology. After one lecture and one chapter in the textbook, the professor presented the class with a surprise test. He passed it out to the students and they saw that it was a sheet of paper divided into squares. And in each square was a picture of some bird's legs. Not beaks, not feathers, not even feet, simply their legs. The student was stunned after just one week, he didn't have a clue about any of these birds. And as he sat and he stared at the test page in astonishment, he started to get madder and madder. Finally reaching the boiling point, he stomped up to the front of the classroom and threw the test on the teacher's desk. And he explained, this is the dumbest test I have ever taken, and this is the worst course I have ever taken. And the teacher looked at him and said, young man, you just flunked this course. Then the teacher picked up the paper, saw that the student hadn't even bothered to print his name on it, and said, by the way, young man, what's your name? And at this, the student bent over, pulled up his pants, and said to the teacher, you identify me. <laughs> In the verses that lead up to the scripture passage we heard this morning, we learn that the disciples had some confusion around Jesus' identity, who he was, who Jesus was. They had been following him around for some time, and sure, they knew that he was a great teacher, Many people were calling him rabbi. They were calling him rabbi in this text. And sure, they knew that he could heal people and cast out demons. He could stop a storm with his hand. And he could miraculously feed thousands of people with just a little bit of food. They had seen him perform all of these miracles. But what did it mean? That's what they couldn't figure out. Who was this person who could do all of this? Just a few verses before this passage that Janice re just read for us so beautifully, um, 
this passage about the transfiguration, Jesus was walking along the road with his disciples, right? So through chapter 8, he's walking along the road with his disciples. And in verse 27, he asks them, who do people say that I am? So he knew there was confusion about his identity. And the disciples indicated uh, the, the confusion that everyone had surround Jesus. There were thousands of people listening to him and following him. They all had this confusion around Jesus, and they were saying, um, maybe he's John the Baptist, or Elijah, or maybe one of the other prophets, right? So there was confusion, and then Jesus asks, asks Peter directly, and who do you say that I am? And without missing a beat, Peter answers, you're the Messiah. And we, with our 2,000 years of hindsight, we cheer. Yes, we do the wave and, and think, yes, he got it right. Peter passed the test, although he got to see more than just Jesus' legs, I, I would imagine. But then, as is strangely common in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus tells the disciples not to mention this to anyone. What they have seen, what they have come to realize about him, his identity as the Messiah. And he goes on to talk then about his suffering and death. And that confuses them more. When we come to this morning's passage then, the transfiguration, we think that finally things are being made clear. After all, what could be clearer than hearing God's voice from heaven calling Jesus his son. I'm sure we've all wished that God would speak to us that clearly from a cloud in the sky. But then we're told again that the disciples walked away puzzled. This time, in all fairness, it's because Jesus told them not to say anything until after he is raised from the dead. Of course, the necessary step before being raised from the dead is to become dead. And this did not fit with their understanding of the Messiah. So they understood that he was the Messiah, but then he talked about death and rising from the dead. So the passage says that they were puzzled, which may be one of the biggest understatements in the history of Christianity. For the disciples... The people who walked with him and sat with him and ate with him every day. There was a real mix of ideas and viewpoints and thoughts and emotions regarding who Jesus was. What was his identity? On one hand, they knew him well enough to be completely devoted to him. They gave up absolutely everything to follow him, their jobs. They walked away from families and left everything to follow him. And they loved and they worshipped him with all their hearts. On the other hand, they never really understood him. Well, even while he was living amongst them, especially when you read through the Gospel of Mark, you'll see Jesus getting frustrated with the disciples. That, and he sometimes gets kind of short with them, that despite everything they witness as they accompany him, they just never quite seem to get it. Even when he says things plainly like, the Son of Man must suffer and die and be raised from the dead. That's 
pretty clear cut, right? They, they know who the Son of Man is in Jewish apocalyptic tradition. So when he says the Son of Man, they, he, they know that he's talking about a pre-temporal heavenly being. So it's a, a being that exists before time, who was expected in Judaism to descend to earth and inaugurate the kingdom of God. So they understand that term, the Son of Man. But then they con he connects it with dying and rising, and they start to scratch their heads because that doesn't fit their understanding. We almost expect Jesus to say to Peter, young man, you flunked this test, right? But of course, Jesus never says that. Jesus never does. Nobody who loves and follows him, even if they're not sure they totally understand him, ever flunks, right? The mystery of God's love in Jesus Christ in this person is so complex that nobody can ever fully understand it while living in human flesh. Of course, we'd like to think as, as Christians that if we were walking and talking with the flesh and blood person of Jesus every day, if we were seeing the miracles and seeing the, him healing people and, and listening to him teach, witnessing firsthand all the things that we've only ever read about, that we wouldn't have any doubt at all about Jesus' identity as the unique Son of God. We think it would be obvious. How could they miss it? We wouldn't miss it. It seems as though 2,000 years of hindsight, though, gives us somewhat of an unfair advantage. But even with the stories that we have in the scriptures, we Christians, over the centuries, have never really been able to get things perfectly straight about who Jesus is, either as individual believers or as the church, uh, or the church as a whole. And, and it's very common now, people still today tend to focus on, on one aspect of who Jesus is, right? The part that appeals to us most. Jesus is the one who loves little children. Jesus is the one who forgives. We focus on that and we ignore those aspects of Jesus that make us a little uncomfortable, right? And that's because we tend to trust our physical eyes, the things we see in the world uh, and, and the things that we can see with our physical eyes, more than we trust our spiritual eyes, what the Bible calls the eyes of our heart. You know, we've sung that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. The disciples were walking with him physically, but they were seeing things only with their physical eyes and seeing with our physical eyes makes it impossible to fully understand who Jesus is. It has to sink into our heart. If we as Christians are walking with Jesus each and every day through scripture reading, through prayer and devotions and worship, we too run the risk of seeing Jesus only partially if we're approaching our devotions and our worship with physical eyes, right? With the eyes of the world. That is, if we're trying to rationalize everything we read and make it fit in with our worldview, 
or make it fit into a mold that we have created into our own likeness, right? And we try to make Jesus conform to our likeness as opposed to us conforming to his. So often we seek to understand first, and I'm very guilty of this. I'm always, I get in my head too much and I think about it and think about it and try to make sense of it and make it understand and make, make it rational somehow. And, and when we do that, then we feel it will be safe to believe. Once we've got it sort of rationalized, we, it's safe to believe. And many Christians feel that if we can just formulate the right doctrine and articulate it perfectly, then it will all make sense, right? And then we'll be able to trust. We'll be able to let go and trust completely. But faith and trust and discipleship and following and obedience always come first in the Christian life. Understanding comes later as a gift of the Holy Spirit. When we read the scripture and dismiss it as sort of not comfortable, not relevant to our generation or our worldview, or we try to explain it in a way that makes it more palatable, makes it easier to stomach, uh, more palatable to our society, then we're seeing it only with physical eyes. We're seeing only just the legs, right? And trying to identify who Jesus is without having a heart vision of who he is. If you wait until everything makes sense before you will follow Jesus, believe me, you will never follow him. Because it will never all make sense. Jesus will never all make sense in this lifetime, not even for the most devoted believer. The church has called the event from this Bible passage the transfiguration. And to transfigure, figure is from the word face, right? To transfigure means to change in looks or appearance. It was as if Jesus took off a veil and Peter and James and John could finally see him, really see him uh, a little better and understand him a little bit more clearly. But it was with their hearts. There's a new vision of Jesus' identity is not something that they could have achieved by themselves. It's not something that they could have ever figured out or rationalized because the things they were seeing had no rational explanation. But because the disciples were walking with Jesus daily, and because they had that deep commitment to knowing him, which they demonstrated not just by thinking about him once in a while, but by walking with him every day, and because they committed their whole lives to following him and to knowing him and listening to him, because of this, then Jesus took them to the mountaintop and he showed them who he really is, God's beloved son, the person that God wants them to listen to and obey. Now, we really learn who someone is only when we walk with them every day. Our spouses, our children, our families, our closest friends, when we really pay attention, right, and we watch and we listen, then we'll have a deeper knowledge of who they really are. Even if 
even if we'll never fully understand the depths of another person's heart, no matter how close you are, you'll never fully understand another person's heart. But when we show an interest in knowing the people we love, they'll be willing to reveal more of their hearts to us and open up more and show them more of themselves. Other people who aren't as close to us, we only know partially, right? We only see their legs, so to speak. We may know their name, we may know where they live, who their spouse is. A lot of times uh, dog owners talk about knowing the dog's name and not the, not the owner's name, right? <laughs> so we might know things about the person, but we don't really know who they are. And the same is true with Jesus. When we walk with him every day, and when we watch and listen with spiritual eyes and ears, and Jesus will show us who he is. Jesus never says no to the person who says, Lord, show me who you are. I want to know you more. He won't say no to that request. Now, many people in the biblical stories did not accept Jesus because what he said made them uncomfortable. And many people today are, are no different. But to the person who has a sincere desire to walk with Jesus every day and to know him, he will not keep himself hidden. And it's when we really see Jesus, see who he is with our hearts, that everything in our own lives suddenly becomes so much clearer. Unlike the boy in the story who got mad at the professor and left, we can go to our teacher, we can go to him and ask to see the whole picture, right? We want to see more than just the legs. We can ask him. And instead of flunking us, our merciful teacher will show us, will reveal his true identity. And at the same time, reveal our identity as he sees us, as his beloved children. Thanks be to God. Amen.